Hello, welcome to Beer and a Movie, the podcast where we talk about two of the greatest art forms known to humanity, beer and movies, sometimes achieving outstanding pairings and other times giving ourselves the opportunity to wash the terrible taste of failure from our mouths. I am one of your co-hosts, Carlos Cooper, and with me as always, Dave Gurney and Joe Hilliard. And I fucked up last episode. Ooh. So before we even get to any of the things referenced in the title of this podcast, I have to uh, make a correction and a formal apology to good friend of the show, John Yavuda. Uh, I, I no longer have room to criticize anybody reading from a teleprompter ever again because I was reading from a text message thread about uh, his name, the pronunciation yeah. and everything. Uh-oh. And for some reason, I read Mid-Atlantic Brewing News as Mid-Atlantic Breaking News. Okay. Oh. And oh, so he's, a, he's a beer guy. I he mean, writes about beer, oh. which I knew he was a beer guy. Like, I knew that. Okay, yeah, yeah, But that morning, promptly at 10 a.m., well, the podcast comes out at like 6.30 or yeah. 6, but pretty early, Pete texted me and was like, <clears throat> I need a retraction. Uh, and I... And I I I realize this about myself that I take these things harder than I should, but I was like, what a fucking asshole I am, you know. And I felt so bad about it Aww, the rest of the day, and well. even was thinking, how can I issue an immediate retraction? Can I go in and edit it and <laughs> re-upload it? And then I was like, oh, I don't know if I well, have maybe time I'll, for that right now. <laughs> I don't. I think in one of our timelines you did do that, and I and that's the universe we should all be living in. And right now we're in that bad uh, split. We're but, in the Carlos, darkest timeline. Yeah, yeah. Let's see if I can do. A better job i get home today and there's beer mail waiting for me on the front porch huh. from south dakota <gasps> Whoa. Wow. we're hitting number 49 tonight oh guys my gosh. Wow. we're hitting number 49 wow, tonight guys Joe. kyle wow. jordan is our new best friend okay kyle. i reached out to a south dakota beer group on facebook and i said this is what we're doing anyone want to help and out. we began to help so Kyle Jordan, thank you. Yes. But I had to get wow. it immediately in the refrigerator. I don't even know what I'm about to pull out of this bag. Oh, I see, I see. But but he sent like a potpourri of beers from South Dakota. Oh so I don't gosh. know if we do a deep dive tonight. I know we're going to hit a few more in the After Hours episode, I hope. Okay, okay. Wow, wow this, is, uh, so this is intense. From Fernson Brewing Company, the Twin Bing Stout. Ooh. Okay. The Cow Tippa from Remedy Brewing Company. Again, right up top, South Dakota beer. Ooh, I love Sweet Stout. I love this can art. On this Severing one. Thai Series from Severance Brewing Company. I and mean, we've got Ooh. our pick. Wait, you these... did, this is, by, by the way, let's. Uh, white, this, a this white Fernson stout. With coffee. that he sent us. Pastry Stout with chocolate, lactose, vanilla, cherry puree, and raspberry <laughs> puree. This, Do we even keep talking? I mean, th- I mean they all. For a, for a state that we've had a near impossible time getting beer from, these oh all sound amazing. Like, okay, so here's a, a 6.5 from Severance Brewing Company IPA with pseudo lager yeast. That sounds okay. Why don't hold, we on, hold on, two? hold on, hold on. Let's back up for a second because you pulled out this. Okay, we can't. I we can't just blow the the South Dakota wad here. No, in all in one. Let's shot. just drink them all. We need to strategically pick one. Maybe all right, two. well, go ahead. Which one do you what, do? You want that that? I just say I say they they all sound really good, so it's hard to pick. Let's just go in the order you pulled them out. Okay. Maybe. Twin being and the cow tip. I think okay. the first. Let's do them right just now. To, let's just do them right. Let's do them both. Let's just do them. Okay. And then we'll hold on to some of these. We'll, we'll I didn't even we'll look spread up. The wealth. But this, Kyle Jordan, what what a blessing wow. you've given us here. And, and I, I don't use that word lightly. Thank I you wonder so if much. Wyoming people are cooler than South Dakota people. 
Well, that's the question. I mean, we, we have not uh, made that Wyoming connect, and we need to. And, and uh, well, if, again, if anybody listening or, or if Wyoming, we, and we, we, in our we conquer America. Uh, David, read, read the can. I mean, I really did no research on these. Well, uh, he just did on that one. That's I re- the, the, one that, the one that I'm pouring right now is the one that I read you, the pastry stout with okay. chocolate, lactose, vanilla. It's 8.8. Oh my gosh, I'm becoming an old person. This is not good. <laughs> and I've got Remedy Brewing Company's Cow Tippa Sweet Stout. And they Ooh. are... And I like this. I'll need to look this up. But Twin Bing and Palmer Candy logos are trademarks of Palmer Candy. So I think somehow this is tied in like a... A regional candy, maybe? I think there's like a regional candy manufacturer who has something called Twin Bing that's probably like a chocolate cherry sort uh... of thing. And which would make sense, Bing cherries. Wow. Well, we got two beers to review uh, in just a little while, but I know we've got a movie to talk about. And again, Kyle Jordan, thank you, my friend. Yeah, wow, yes. crazy. One state away. One. Oh yeah, state no, that was away. a surprise. Th- thanks yeah, for, didn't uh, see this coming. And at all. then we, I didn't either. I got home, and Christmas just continues. Wow. Yes. Well, there we go. Starting twenty twenty one off right here with a, with another state checked off, and we're looking forward to. Uh, Talking a little bit about that beer in just a little while, but we do want to get to our first movie today. A movie whose title has been said at least a dozen times <laughs> I know. throughout the last we few months. To, we had to watch this film. I know we're all uh, excited to talk And I know about. our listeners who haven't looked at the title are like, finally, they're going to do Tenet. No, no, not Tenet. No. No. Uh, no. Hey, it is a red box. <laughs> uh, the, the film we're talking about is Kajillionaire, a film that I had put on my I Can't Wait to See This List uh, for 2020 way back in uh, whatever that was January of last year when we were talking about that yeah almost a year ago and it didn't and it was kind of slated to come out and again COVID we we could rehash the whole thing it got pushed 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 finally uh, landed in theaters in the fall so it was it was something that we could have seen in theaters back in September October Um, but as as listeners to the podcast know none of us have actually made it out to theaters uh, at at this point other than Joe he did it I did did see the thing thing. yes we did if you gotta go back to the movie theater and die for it the thing's not a bad way to go (laughs) right yeah Um, but uh, Kajillionaire is directed by Miranda July who is a filmmaker that I have enjoyed in the past both her uh, couple features that she's done me and you and everyone we know I think so yes I always get everyone or everybody. I always want to go either I think way. It's everyone. But everyone, and uh, which is fantastic. Highly recommend it, uh, without reservation. And the future, a film that she made more recently that I was not as big of a fan of. Still, had, still found things I liked about it, but but didn't love it quite as much. But I was excited to see this new film uh, that she was putting together with Evan Rachel Wood, Deborah Winger, and Richard Jenkins. They are the core of the film playing this family that is sort of grifters, but on this very small scale. In fact, the title kind of the of film, yeah, the title, well, intentionally, the title of the film is like this reference to, you know what he says, people want to be cajillionaires. We just want, they almost think it's obscene to have money, right? He has a couple little speeches in there where he talks about how, but anyway, small level grifters pulling these really terrible, unprofitable yeah. crimes. I mean, it opens up with her, Having found, I assume, a post office box key, she puts her arm all the way in and feels right. around to see if she can grab mail packages, money orders, mm-hmm. cash that might be in the mail from nearby mailboxes. Right. And that 
that is one of many of their kind of tasks uh, during the day. Right. They, they have these little grifts that they try uh, to do. A portfolio they... of receipts they find. Yes. That have like a target receipt that has a general thing and they can find something that's general enough and go get the cash back. Absolutely. Yeah. So, so this small time, uh, family of small time crooks, they are dysfunctional mm-hmm. to say the least. Uh, a new person gets introduced to them. They meet somebody new, this young woman. Um, who sort of befriends the Evan Rachel Wood character, who's the daughter? But we, we'll talk about what that whole relationship is about, um, and, and that and this disrupts the dynamic that this dysfunctional family had kind of settled into, and and we see what the aftermath is with their twenty six year old daughter, uh, played by Evan Rachel Wood, who who has the great name of, and I'm gonna mess it up if I don't look at it, Old Dolio, mm-hmm. <laughs> Old Dolio. Um, that alone it should tell you something about the sensibility of this film. Uh, so it's a it's a very unusual take on the sort of family drama. Yeah. So I I'm not f- super familiar with Evan Rachel Wood, um, but it says here she was in a movie called Running with Scissors, which when I clicked on it, I was disappointed that it wasn't a film adaptation of the Weird Al Yankovic album of the same name. Uh, <laughs> it keeps teasing that, but... Yeah, no, that, that never came I, together. I don't... She's... No... I'll I tell you, for me, the, the film that uh, put her, I guess, on the map for me was 13, which same was here. a film back in the t- early 2000s where mm-hmm. she was, I think, 13, playing a 13-year-old. Right. Um, troubled teenager not even troubled but going through this like phase where what's it like to be a teenager in 2018 america uh or in that case whatever 2003 but yeah oh, that, when did that come out it was 2003 2003 yeah. i thought that was like, no holly hunter yeah they were the, young. the years young. are just flying by well you know she, she was 13 so yeah now she's getting closer to 30 but um she's 33 there you go okay well th- she's gone past it she was in the across the universe film the wrestler wrestler was great if never you've never seen it. that yeah. she was really good in that um more recently never saw true blood yeah the, saw her Ooh, frozen too <laughs> <laughs> but i was gonna say more recently i feel like a lot of people are probably familiar with her in westworld yeah. uh, n- oh not that's that, right not that i uh i didn't stick with that one after the second i guess i watched two seasons i watched first and then i lost hbo okay i guess i could go back now you she could. she has a she has a face that reminds she, me of how i feel or how i had felt about brie larson where i was like okay very average white woman very forgettable <laughs> I have now since changed my opinion of Brie Larson. Uh, I like her more now than oh. I thought that I did. Maybe that'll happen with Evan Rachel Wood. I was as of right now, it has not. I was knocked out by this performance just because I know her other. This is not what she's normally well, like. I this can is... tell by her voice because, despite the fact that, like you know, she's doing like a thing, it's clearly her doing a thing. But yeah, but I like the it. Doesn't thing. sound I like, like anyone's the... real voice. I'm not saying that I don't uh, like it. You know what's so strange? You say that, and I, I don't even want to say too much. I know somebody who has that exact voice. <laughs> and actually, somebody who looks almost exactly like her in I just, film. I just feel like as somebody with not a very deep voice, that whenever I do when you try, try to make to my voice deep, yeah. deep, it sounds like there's a certain timbre where Why you Why are can... you doing that? <laughs> Yeah. Some, someone would ask you. Yeah. Well, what, if, what are you doing? If I'm trying to do an impression or I'm doing right. like, like I actually, here's a, I'll tell you exactly why I'm doing that. Whenever I imitate my brother, he kind of talks like this. Like, shut up, man. He sounds a lot like my son. And so he sounds, and so when I imitate my brother, 
I sound like old Dolio. Yeah. And so I can hear <laughs> okay. that particular well, timbre in her so voice where I'm like, okay, she's doing a thing. Uh, so I, I'll, I'll just come straight out and say that I don't think that this is a bad movie by any stretch of the oh, imagination. If you're going to tell me... No, 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 oh. Hold on. I wish... Before you say another word... $20? David loves this movie? No, I'm going to bet. Oh, no, David likes this movie. Oh, he's sure. going to love this movie, sure. right? Before <laughs> yeah, he says a word, yeah, he's yeah, going to no, love David this movie. David liked this movie a lot. All right, I know so, that already. So you're laying down like the uh, initial shots across the bow here. It's not even shots across the This movie just didn't have a lot for me. Oof. I had a hard time grabbing on to it. You know what I mean? Um, I love Richard Jenkins. I do too. Like, I love. I think he's great. Everything like, he does. Cabin in the Woods, especially. He's great in it. Well, <laughs> sure, of course. Uh, what was the one? Someone help me with the title that he got a lot of acclaim for an Academy Award nomination just recently, if in the last couple of years. It, uh, it was something recently. The Visitor. Yes. Yeah. That's a good movie. Yeah. That's a great movie, and 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 I love it when a character actor, because Richard Jenkins is that guy Largely who character actor. You yeah. know him. You've seen him in so many. Oh, things. he's done wonderful work. But um, yeah. That, that when they get a chance to lead and crush it like he did in that movie, um, I always like to see him. And he, and he does a great job here. I, I, Carlos, I, I interrupted you. I apologize. I, I mean, there wasn't like a whole lot more that I had to say. I mean, I just, you know, I just had a hard time grabbing onto it. Like, it's the only way that I can think to describe it because I don't want to say that there weren't any characters that I could relate to or that I could sympathize with or that I could anything with because I don't think that you're supposed to really in a strong way see yourself in these people necessarily and I don't want to put that burden on it that every film has to have a character that I relate to or a character that I really care about and think like oh like I just want them to succeed or like whatever. It's not always, we, and we've talked about films like that where you're not supposed to like any of the people. And some of those films I liked, and I'm not saying that this is that film. You don't like any of the people in this? I'm not saying this is a film where you're not supposed to like them. Okay. But I'm just saying some films are just presenting you a thing that you're supposed to observe and you're supposed to witness. Mm -hmm. And that's a weird slice of life kind of thing. Yeah. But it gives you enough to where if you don't relate to any one character, there's enough there for you to chew on. And and there was some, but like, you know, I just I just had a hard time really getting myself in it. Yeah, you know, like in it. In I, it. I, I I think I understand exactly what you mean. The expectations of the film were very high in this room. Let's be honest. We've talked about it. And we've talked about it. And we've talked mm-hmm. about it. And um, I was super eager to see it. And I was and I was very very glad that I do. And I would recommend that you do too. Mm. Um, however, it's a, it's one of those films that wears its quirk on its sleeve, and sometimes that really, really works, and sometimes it doesn't work that well. A film that it works really, really well for me, Napoleon Dynamite, Juno. Um, I've watched this ten times before I watched Napoleon Dynamite. I, understood, understood. I understand that there's a bad taste uh, <laughs> in people's mouths that. for that movie, but I I'd still enjoy no, it. And I don't even hate Napoleon Dynamite. I'm just saying I I agree that. Well, I'm saying it's, it's a film that's quirky on purpose. From yeah, it's not trying to pretend it's sure. not quirky. Yeah, it's not acting as if, oh, this is Slice of Life. I mean, you use Slice of Life. I think that's... A slice of an odd life. A slice of a life that I'm not <laughs> ever going to bump into. I hope I don't. I don't, go, go, I, don't, I, I, don't, I don't say that in a way where I think, like, here is a real experience yeah. that somebody has had. And, I mean, maybe somebody has had a similar experience to some degree or, I don't know, something. Right. But I'm not saying that, like... 
it's not like kids, you know, where they're like showing you like this is what teenagers in New York City are doing at this time, slice of life right. kind of thing. But it's more of an observational look at this weird yeah, thing that's happening. Sure. It takes you to an ending that uh-huh. David you alluded to that I enjoyed. It, uh, the ending was good. The idea that she breaks free uh-huh. from a set of parents that have raised her to be a team member more than a daughter, yeah, uh, a team member in the grift and the and the lifestyle that they have, right? And they've raised her well because she comes up with some an ingenious idea or two, and yeah. that's the bulk of kind of the action through of the movie is them trying to get fifteen hundred dollars to pay three months back rent before they're evicted by the end of two weeks from now. Right. The character, their landlord, who cries because he knows he's got to cut these people loose, but he also knows that he, Richard Jenkins, has the ability to smooth talk his way right back into where he wants to be. Mm. That was a great scene. Yeah. I liked the idea of the schedule because the bubbles come through the ceiling and they've got to... <laughs> now, that's that has a very... That's quirk on purpose, but it worked for me. It has a very... Um, and it was very cinematic, often. There's a, there's a lot of Kaufman quality to that. Yeah, yeah, sure. Which I like. Yeah, I absolutely. liked that part. I was like, oh, this is fucking weird. Yeah, but, and, yeah. And, and the way that Dolio uh, chooses to duck when she's walking past the person just by... Yeah, doing a limbo. Leaning back super yeah. awkwardly. Yeah. Uh, but David, Carlos and I have gone on and on. We we know you love it. Just how much? <laughs> and, and, I, I feel and, like we should have let me lead with the loving, and then you guys could have... No, now it's like, I think but the I audience at home you my can central just play pro- along a, and reconstruct what I might have said. Well, central no, problem with the up. film coming up after you give your thing. <laughs> no, but, but, but it's interesting because after I, after I finished watching <laughs> it, I felt slightly underwhelmed by it. And I was like, maybe I just didn't get it or whatever. And I was like, you know, I probably won't know exactly how I felt about this until I hear David tell me why he loves it. And then David's love of it will make me like it more. Yeah. But that, but that's not a bad no, thing. No, I'm that's glad we went I first. Very, I'm waiting I, for it. That's something I very much appreciate about our friendship is that your joy and admiration of certain things makes me then appreciate it more because i like hearing people talk about things that they're passionate about well that i i love hearing that and that's now, certainly now he's gonna say he hates it <laughs> i certainly like to think as a critic uh that that i that is one of the few things that i add to to, to mm-hmm. life is that i help steer people to things that they maybe otherwise might have found so i think miranda july is a very specific kind of sensibility for Agreed. anybody to get and if you've seen me and you and everyone we know if you've seen any of her shorts or the you know or even her she does you know she's more of a an artist in a yeah. in a large scope where she does installation and she puts she a does. big space of time between her feature film releases right because she's not just doing films she does right. social media projects she does blah 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 so she's an author yes so anyway we have one of her books on our coffee table when she makes these things um you know she brings with it this like sort of whimsicality um a sort of certain level of surrealism yep. um and I think if you, to me, going into it the best way, and, and I knew this about it because I had seen some of her shorter stuff when I went to see the first feature, the me and you and everyone we know, is that I want to go in with no expectations. I don't, I don't want to be thinking about, oh, where is this narrative going to take me? Though there will be a story. Mm-hmm. Um, I just want to experience these moments and kind of think about how they make me feel and what's going on. And with that mindset, I think if you go in, you can enjoy these films a lot. There's, there's a lot there. This is a sort of strange, 
somewhat dry, but also very absurd, and and more about small things like the the suds coming out of the ceiling uh, across the wall, them having to gather them, like little touches. I mean, that's are absurd, but they're just they add this kind of color to the world that yeah there are things like that that happen but she's obviously exaggerating elements i think the thing i respect about her the most is that she tells stories about characters that don't quite fit in right misfits and i know we use that term a lot like misfits but these characters make misfits in other movies look like contrived misfits that they are who are going to have that really easily broken piece fixed by the end of the film so the other movies are jerry only and this is danzig I, I don't know if I want to make that comparison <laughs> right now. That's a whole other podcast. That is a whole other podcast. <laughs> I'm surprised that podcast hadn't been created and that I'm not in the room when it happens. It probably has. I can uh, show up and talk about The Cure anytime you're ready. Maybe The Smiths. Oh, it, I love it. It. The, uh, and if we could do a tie-in with like doing Keurig with The Cure and just it could be a whole like you know music and uh, beverage. I don't know. That, no, don't do that. I'm thinking of the name. I'm, it's... it's <laughs> But well, the gears okay, are this is like this is terrible rabbit hole territory. Is, yeah. But what I like is that her characters have flaws that aren't going to be fixable. Like they are just flawed characters, but they're capable of growth, especially in the case of Old Dolio in this film. Sure, you know I think you know but she has to grow or die. The parents, you know Winger and, and Jenkins, uh-huh. there's no hope for them. No. They are so they're entrenched. Deep. I mean, obviously their final act, sure. I mean, which. The movie builds to. It's a, is to that a long? Is that a long con? Is that a long? Oh, absolutely! This they emotional were steal. crescendo. You didn't find that like a profoundly like. Can you imagine being in that situation? You've been indoctrinated by these parents into this lifestyle, and then their final gesture to you is. We're gonna take all the shit, you know. Yeah. Well, while oh, no, it was crazy. While you're uh, uh, sleeping in the next room, sleeping yes. yeah. with our daughter, yeah, in in the next room, How, in a in a romantic affair. The yeah. logistical part of that not important. Yeah. yeah that's, no, that's I but I don't. They again, there can there's they're pros. <laughs> there's the a Grinch. There's yeah. a little like magical <laughs> surrealism there as yeah. well sure. in her films. Yeah. Uh, um, was that a long con when Richard Jenkins lets? I can't remember the character's name. The oh yeah uh, the, the, the Gina Rodriguez girl. character uh, Melissa something with an M Melanie when, when Melanie, he drops Melanie, it and you. begins explaining the con that great. they were she on in the airplane yeah was the long con we will steal all of her stuff had they thought of it no already? I don't I don't think so I didn't I don't think, think so, so. Okay. I don't think so either. no I think they're a little I don't think they have that long vision right. I think maybe once the daughter left with her, that was their... I mean, I think that became. But the idea point. of the gifts and the like, restaurant was to get ultimately I think so. to steal yeah, her stuff. Yeah, I think. And that was yeah. And this is a performance movie. We haven't talked much about Deborah Winger, yeah. who who you don't see in film <laughs> uh, often. No, no. And she was fantastic in this. So different again, like yeah. the, her Evan Rachel Wood, Richard Jenkins, to a slightly lesser extent, sure. more in terms of like the tone yeah. of what he says. Yeah, he's he's weird in this. Oh, he is. Like no, in he's a... a guy who normally comes across as one of the most affable, like you just genuinely lovely humans out there comes across as a creep yeah he's very he's creepy in a way i have not seen him i don't yeah, think you know yeah. he's usually well you're talking about the hot tub scene in particular <laughs> i'm talking about like the vast general, majority but, of okay. but the hot tub scene was the pretty hot tub, lovely yeah yeah, yeah. And, and the idea that's that's the beginning of the threesome right where he's well, he, well the attempted attempted threesome, threesome. Yes. yeah sorry yeah. i should note attempted but <laughs> i with I, a much 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 younger girl yeah <laughs> i do agree with you about gina rodriguez she's very very she good is. in this yeah. she's, and she's What's great is she's 
got such a different I mean obviously they are so unique and how this like the concept of this family that they have and the way they're performing it and she just kind of has this I, I don't know this this presence about her in the sort of the chemistry between or amongst that group I found those scenes where she's interacting with them very fun to watch because of that because there was this funny dynamic going on yeah the la- I mean the last thing I saw her in was Annihilation yeah. Um, and so I can't say that I've seen her in a ton of things where I was like, yeah, fuck yeah, like this person. She oh, she's in uh she she's a voice in Big Mouth, which is a show that I love. Yeah. <laughs> um Yeah. Yeah, other than that, I, I haven't seen her in a ton of things. I mean I but think I, she's best known for, for Jane the, the Virgin, right? Jane the Virgin which I, show. <laughs> which I didn't watch. But I was I was eating dinner with my parents a couple of months ago and my dad, who most of my life has never watched anything on TV except for different versions of NCIS <laughs> and uh, Western movie reruns. Uh, was randomly like, "Have you watched Jane the Virgin?" Oh man, I loved that show. And I was like, "Who the fuck are you?" <laughs> There's not one horse in there. <laughs> what have you done with my father? I oh, don't understand wonderful. what's happening. And then my mom was like, "Yeah, we started watching it, and he got real." I mean. I, yeah. It's something my mom would get into. That makes sense. You She's know? like, he's never written fan club letters like this before. <laughs> I, I think well, that I, in this film, in the next film that we talk about, yeah. we're, we're going to use the term artist, I hope. And M- Miranda July certainly is one. Yes. And the idea that you've got a filmmaker who every six to nine, five years, you know, a nice period of time is going to deliver something that is really enjoyable to watch at the end of the day. Yeah. And things that you can give her points for as you watch it. For me, a lot of cinematography and color use. Uh, also, uh, you know, the Academy Award always goes to the costume designer that puts together the very elaborate, you know, uh, Period Queen costumes. Mary thing. Sure, yeah. uh, the, 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 the costume design in this is fantastic. Mm, and I'm not talking is. about just that she's wearing a tr- cool, funny tracksuit, but the way that they use the wardrobe to peel and uh, conduct scams throughout the day. Yeah. I thought was really, really good. The critical problem for me was the introduction of the Gina Rodriguez character Uh and how it seems to have broken all of their rules. I'm not talking about cinematic rules that we like to discuss on the show, but the rules of the grift that they have for a payoff that ultimately I believe is a failure for the parents. Uh, The loss of their daughter, even as a a team member. I mean, I guess, but you... I, I wasn't but that became it as, a love interest. Yeah. Uh, to me, it came out of left field. I know we were given clues. She was attracted to her physically. Yeah. Uh, throughout yeah. the film, we know that. But you trying to round me up? <laughs> was that from the movie? Yeah. Or are you right, asking right? me? Because the answer is always yes. Until next time. Are you trying to round me up? <laughs> <laughs> Write it down. Right, yeah. That, that, I mean, name of the episode. You're trying to round me up. Good, not great. Good, not no. great. I I think this. Okay. I'm going to put I'm going to lay it really down here. really really good not great. I think this is one that And that's you, just buckling under expectations. Apology. If you give it some time, You're you right. come back to it. Oh, well. I have I have a feeling that you will see more there than you did the first time. This and is one I want to watch for my with my daughter. I think she'd really yes, enjoy that would, the That would be a fun watch. The, I the I kooky honestly, aspect of it. I was honestly thinking of it as one I I would want to wait probably a few more years, but Why? I would want to watch this Never. with my kids. <laughs> <laughs> no, because I think, you know, at its core, the relatability of this film is that everybody 
is born into something, right? Everybody mm-hmm. is born into some, and you know, Joe, you've talked about your religious upbringing yeah. to, to various extent, and I think we could map that onto this. Sure. Uh, you know, I could talk about, you know, the, the culture of whatever community I happen to be born into and surrounded by, D- what dirt values, bag. What, yeah, <laughs> dirt bag, Westbrook dirt bag. Westbrook dirt bag. Um, you know, we, yeah, absolutely. It's it's a minor miracle I haven't spent any time in prison yet. But, Westbrook uh, wanker for alliteration <laughs> Westbrook purposes. Westbrook wanker. Yeah, that's uh, but but all I'm saying is the relatability there is you have this set of circumstances that you're brought up in. In her case, extremely tightly controlled ones mm-hmm. that her parents have clearly done a marvelous job of you know sort of incubating her or, or you know keeping her totally uh, separate from society in in many ways. And so to see that and to see that crack and to see, and I think that's something we all go through, right? In some way, that original circumstance that we're in changes and whether that be because we meet the Melanie who's able to sort of break through that and talk us into a different perspective. Well, and exposure and, to a real right. human being. Or it's because we it comes from somewhere in us mm-hmm. and I think both is kind of happening in, in this film. I think that's a beautiful thing and to see it happen with these two characters who are such... Well, especially old Dolio, but but even Melanie and the fact that she's willing to go along with these people, like such sort of strange misfit characters. I do love it that they find each other and that there is this kind of that's one of the other things about Miranda July is there is this old um, old school sentimentalist in her that is willing to end a film on a positive note. Mm -hmm. And and I think we get that with this film as dark as it goes. I was going to say which kind of. Almost doesn't go with the rest of it a little bit, but I but I like that. But oh, it's yeah. like that. Okay, the world's fucked. What are we gonna do? Okay, let's love each other. Yeah, let's just you know make what I mean? Yeah, bit in this target, <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> and the, and this woman, she won't care. Yeah, nobody. Does. She's just going about her business, That's right? And and don't let's not believe that we couldn't see a sequel with the 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 pair of them creating a whole new con group. Won't happen. Okay. But but it, not from Miranda. Thank, thankfully, won't yeah. happen. And it didn't make enough money that anybody else is gonna want to pick it up. But yeah. hey. My recommendation: Please watch this film. I'd, Give I'd it say a chance. See it for sure. Going with the right mindset. And I would. It, I wouldn't say not watch it. No, and I think having heard our reviews, I have a feeling people would go in with the exact right kind of expectation where they could enjoy the heck out of this film and and uh, be be set up for a really good experience with it. Sure. You know, I I will say now that you frame it that way. I have not seen any of Miranda July's previous work. I have heard of you, me, and everyone we know, or whatever the... Me, you, and everyone we know. Mm-hmm. I've heard that... I've heard of that, but I haven't seen it. Oh, yeah. I'll, and so I had no anything right. um, yeah. to set the expectation for this. Um, I don't even think I knew what it was about. I just knew it was a movie that was getting talked about a lot. And me that, and you and everyone we know it has a lot more overt, funny bits in it, too. Like you, We'll either do it up for the podcast, or I'll just make you watch it at okay. some point. it's good I, I mean yeah i'm not against it yeah. um so Richard you know Hawks. that that being John. said yeah. um there probably is a lot of my kind of lack of enthusiasm about the film that is rooted in not knowing what to expect and getting something really fucking weird out of it you know right. what i mean Especially when I read the synopsis and it said uh, a close knit crime crime family whose relationship or who decide to bring in an outsider into uh-huh. one of their schemes is what IMDb said or something like that. And I was like, oh, okay, cool. Oh, we got Ocean's o- Eleven. Ocean's 12. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's funny. Yeah, but 
clearly it was not Ocean's Eleven. <laughs> yeah. didn't no, have it didn't have near enough all. like trip hop kind of like no. transitions while they're walking through a casino or whatever. None. I want to educate y'all about candy out of South Dakota. Oh, if please. you're ready. Yes. Okay. okay. The Twin Bing is a candy bar made by the Palmer Candy Company of Sioux City, Iowa. It consists of two round, chewy, cherry-flavored nougats coated with a mixture of chopped peanuts and chocolate. Now, the candy bar is not used. It looks like a... So there's two brownie bites in one bag yeah. with a pink oh, yeah. cherry center. Now, the candy bar itself was not used in the... the they but didn't it's like, an homage. It's an homage. Correct. Yeah. It's an okay. homage. Now, why Iowa? I don't know. You mean South Dakota? Well, no, but... Didn't I say that the Sioux candy City, bar right? was out of Sioux City, South Iowa? Dakota? I think it was Sioux City. Well, Sioux Falls, South Dakota, is is where the beer is from. Oh, but the the oh. candy company is out of Sioux City, Iowa. Oh, so okay. there's a Sioux connection. They must maybe. be close. Something. Yeah. Uh, so th- so they tried to make a beer Map inspired by that candy. Um, it, it falls into the regional beer, like yeah. uh, our own uh, Big Rojo that we discussed right, on the show. Right, if you're not from Texas or maybe a little bit north of you that, you know won't the know Rojo, the base yeah. ingredient of that right. beer. South Dakota and Iowa do border each other. Sure. Okay, there you yeah. go. Twin Sues. Twin Sues. Um, let's talk about that one first. This beer took me a while to get used to. Yeah? I liked it. The first sip was a little jarring because I don't know what a... Yeah, a twin, twin being is or yeah. the flavor profile that I'm getting. I understand the the the, the words on the can. Yeah. yeah. Um I have never had a twin being, but I yeah. imagine that the Palmer Candy Company is happy with this collaboration because I warmed up to it as the know. beer went on down. Pepsi wasn't happy about Big Rojo, so you never know what these <laughs> mega corporations are. Big well, with their name on the can, I imagine that they had a hand in approving whatever was in the can. Yeah. yeah. I wonder what the trademark situation on that is. Um I liked it. You know, it's billed as a pastry stout, and it does have some sweetness to it, but it's not cloyingly sweet. It's not, like, intense, like, beating no, the fucking it, head with it, you definitely know? You get had, that with a lot of cherry adjunct beers. Oh, I, and we've talked about this before. Yeah, like I, do not like, Vicks cough I syrup. do not like yeah. cherry adjuncts in beers. It usually tastes like medicine. Right. This one, maybe it's because it's a cherry puree that they use that kind of... Hmm. you know sidesteps that uh you know shortcoming a little bit or they just didn't overdo it i mean it it turned out well uh i really liked this one yeah yeah i I didn't get heavy over the top cherry it was a pretty subtle kind of i mean a subtle take on the pastry stout let's say that like you say it was not over the top sweet it wasn't super it was there was body but it wasn't super thick I think it was a nicely well executed. I would love to try one of the candies to see if they're getting yeah. that homage well. Agreed. But just based on the idea of it cherry, sort of chocolatey, I liked it. It was yeah. tasty. I, w- I would certainly drink another pour if somebody had one. And I'm eager to see what Palmer, I'm sorry, Fernson Brewing Company's got up their sleeve besides this bet. Absolutely. Bat. Do we want a subtle take on a pastry stout? I like all. I, th- I mean, I. Yeah, there's no. It's one a question way. worth asking. There's no, no it's. I, I understand. No one like, way. inherently, in, a pastry stout is over the top. I get it. Like the base level is over the top, but on that spectrum of pastry stouts, this is on the lower, subtler end. It's yeah, like I it's, agree. I think it is valid to call it a pastry stout, but it's right at that borderline. Like you could just play it off as a fruit adjunct stout and say like, okay, that's what we're doing. Mm-hmm. But I'm willing to go with pastry stout on okay. that. And then the next one we enjoyed was from Remedy Brewing Company, and we've got a few more to try from them someday. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Cow Tippa, a sweet stout. <laughs> I'm just reading it phonetically. Right. This is a rich, roasty treat brewed with lactose for a balanced hint of sweetness. I'm not seeing any other um, 
adjuncts at all. It's so it's a, a stout with lactose. Great can art. I, lo- I love the, sure. you yeah. know, obviously I think you're, you're in farmland. You, you lean into that with your branding and you lean into cows when they're sleeping if you want to tip them over. And that, that's, you shouldn't do that. It's nasty to the cows. <laughs> but it, in the idea that it's, it's a, an activity that happens in the middle of the night when people are restless, it would be a better idea to grab a can of this and drink it than it would be to go out to the field and, and abuse and animals. Cows. Yeah. yeah. So th- if this is a, a substitute, then great. If they're saying drink this and do it, then probably not. Yeah. But I think the stout itself is good. It's hard when you're going back and forth between, because I was kind of drinking these side by side, yeah. one that has a little bit more pizzazz to it, let's say, with the cherry and the and the uh, vanilla and the like, that compared to that, it's a more straightforward kind of yeah. flavor profile, but a very tasty one. And, and the word sweet in the title is deserved. I mean, there, it, it, there it was is, this. But it's a hint. It's, yeah. it's not, a hint, yeah. yeah. It's roastier than it is sweet, I feel. Yeah. I almost didn't like it. Oh, okay. But only because of the hard transition between the two. From one to the other, because yeah. I went uh, the I went remedy second and the twin being first. So the twin being despite not having the word sweet necessarily in other than the pastry, I guess it has pastry in the description of it, but is sweeter than the sweet stout is. Yeah. And so when I went to the sweet stout, I was like, whoa. And because it was roastier and had a slightly more bitterness to it. And so at first it took me just because of, again, the transition, I was like, I don't know about this. Uh, but then as I worked through the glass, I did like, I, I did end yeah. up liking it. it it's t- it's when you think about sequencing. I mean, we don't talk about it much on the show, but it really does have an impact. Like sure, you yeah. sit down at the bar and you start out with the biggest, boldest pastry stout that they have, or some fifteen percent barley wine, and then yeah. you're going to follow it up with a pilsner. Well, that pilsner is going to taste like you're drinking, you know, water, water yeah. at that point. It's it's just you know, so you kind of want to go in now. Obviously, I don't think the spread is is as extreme here, no. but I understand where you're coming from. And I had similar experience going back and forth where it's, yeah. okay, i got to recalibrate and think about what I'm expecting mm-hmm. out of this beer and what I'm actually getting. But you can't blame us for trying to get as much South Dakota inside of us as possible. Well, when we had so many options. Mm-hmm. And it was, and what a... Uh, Kyle, again. again, thank you, thank you, thank you. Yeah, huge, and, huge that this happened. Kyle Jordan? Yeah. Okay. Yes, awesome. Well, well, this uh, wraps up the first segment and... Um, Maybe uh, another. We, we, we got to crack another one of these South Dakotas up in the uh, after in, hours. In the we Patreon, have to. it can be done. Yeah. It can be done. Um, but before we get to that, we have another film to talk about. As always, we talk about two films an episode and another beer to drink when we return. even try he didn't oh he's, he's got to mention it every time that he didn't I'm even not try it, not mentioning it Love anymore it. nope uh, um, killed my buzz all right <laughs> sorry i uh i am known as the buzz kill um just like the last episode or the last segment i started off 
started off kind of negative. Yeah, that's buzz. all right. You know, hey, we're, we're, we're going to keep the buzz going, though. I was going to say, got I'm going to try to keep the buzz going and not kill it by bringing us a new beer from a new brewery that I don't think we've ever had before. Um, with, so, a, with a cork in it. Yeah, with a cork, cork in and it. caged. So this is from Casey Brewing and Blending. Uh, out of Glenwood Springs, Colorado, caseybrewing.com. I know we haven't had them. Um, it's aged in oak barrels. It is called the Funky Blender. It is a farmhouse saison, uh, I believe. Nice. Ooh. It's a blend of some things, as the title would suggest. Um, and it's 7% ABV. And I picked this one because... The uh, film that we're going to talk about, I feel, is appropriate in terms of the funk and uh, the music blending. Uh, Hey, some of those bass lines. Sure. My God. My God. Uh, So if I can get this open. This one. uh, Saison following two stouts. I know it's an interesting. uh, No, it's perfect. An interesting order. (laughs) Palette cleanser. um, I got this one. this was, you know, kind of a special one um, that I didn't know I was going to be getting. And if my Facebook Messenger will load, I can tell you what the deal is. Um, so, friend of the show, Harold, as you all know, um, if you heard last uh, year's year in review episode where we got absolutely trashed, um, Harold uh, has a buddy up there in Colorado, Adam Mikolaj, uh, who we, you know, asked to help us procure some stuff from a couple places Ooh, <sighs> there it is what a sound um got some stuff from true brewing um cerebral and when the package came in and harold and i were opening it and splitting our spoils mm-hmm. uh, amongst one another um i do have a stout from true brewing that is i'm saving for the show All but right. i haven't had a good tie-in yet um there was this bottle in there uh, it wasn't one that we had asked for. It wasn't one that uh, Adam had said that he was sending to us. It was a surprise to us both, Harold and I. Um, and I was like, "I'll oh, take it, take it." You know, you, you know, you're the one that got us yeah. all this stuff. You know, and he was like, "No, no, no, no. I've had it before. Uh, you know, I think you'll like it. Just make sure you do it on the show." And so, very nice. Here well, we are. Cheers to Harold for Thanks once again supplying us uh, a great, great. Uh, New beer or new brewery, and and also uh, thanks to what what was the uh, Adam Mikola. Adam, that's wonderful. Look at this. I mean, I feel like we're getting to talk about more and more the the community sure. that that is out there Love that it. is helping us to uh, get to taste these things. I appreciate that. That's one of the things I always loved about craft beer. And was, you're right, Carlos. It's a very good pairing because on the label art, Funky Blender is a bunch of percussion. Yeah, some of the drums look like they're supposed to be barrels that yeah. they would be aged in, mm-hmm. which I like. I like that a lot. Uh, yeah, I, um, mm. Mm. I'm i excited about this one. It's been sitting in my fridge for, I guess, the last month. And um, my, my mother-in-law during the holidays, uh, while searching the fridge for a bottle of sparkling wine or some white wine or something pulled it out and was uh-huh. like and was like oh I've been there with a mother-in-law bro it's like oh oh we could oh, we could open this and she looked at it and she was like wait I think this is a beer and I was like yeah it's a beer I don't uh, you know one you might like one you might not like but one that you can't already <laughs> the nose on it I'm thinking Jester King it, it, it's yeah. very 
you know, in that farmhouse realm. Yeah, farm like, yeah. so definitely mm. exciting, yeah. awesome. Thank, thank you, Harold. To everyone thank you, involved. Adam. Yeah. Thank you, Casey. Whenever so. it's a, whenever it's appropriate, we need to get Harold back in the room and, and oh, duplicate yeah. our oh yeah debauchery yeah, from absolutely. last year's year end episode. If there's anyone who can who can help us, it's him. Um, but we got have, a movie to talk. We about. have a movie to talk about, and not a whole lot to synopsize. <laughs> not a whole lot to synopsize. Uh, what we are talking about is David Byrne's American Utopia. If you don't know David Byrne by name, he is the driving creative force. I would say behind the Talking Heads. If so, I'm wrong so, about some that, some would dispute. Well. Oh I imagine some would dispute. He was the face of the Talking Heads for sure, and uh, and definitely a creative genius in the Talking Heads. Yes, has a lot of songwriting credits. Absolutely, on most, on pretty much all the Talking Heads records. Absolutely. Um, but he uh, has gone on to do a great many other things. He did a collaborations. Fan, yeah, a fantastic uh, solo work collaborative album with Annie Clark. AKA St. Vincent that right. they did. Fantastic record. Several um, with Brian Eno. Yes. Oh um, Here we go. But in, uh, was it 2019 or 2018? Uh, 2018 is when the yes. album came out. So in 2018, the album American Utopia came out. And so now we have this slightly modified version of it. Um, that well, features, There was a concert tour yeah. that actually toured the country. And then they converted that into a broadway like just a broadway show. show right and so there are tracks from american utopia but also hits right. from the rest of his Throughout career his, right talking uh, heads. a janelle monet cover in it yes. it's a whole thing and so it's a concert film everybody knows stop making sense uh the talking heads concert film directed by jonathan demi so familiar territory for david burns burns already had one of the uh, most iconic uh music possibly performance maybe the, films, outside of maybe like the woodstock films. concert film yeah the most iconic i think especially the rattle and hum um well i'll leave <laughs> i just i i would say stop making sense just because we're talking iconic we're talking imagery and that concert film has such distinctly recognizable imagery the to it. The sure. suits. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, so yeah, concert film directed and produced by Spike Lee. Uh, and yeah, it's a live recording of a Broadway performance of a modified version of the album American Utopia. Who he and he refer, he me- mentions in the piece that he, uh, you know, that they toured this and right. um, you know different shows, whatever. Uh, but so you got a little spoken word. There's a there, he talks between some of the songs, mm-hmm. um, and it features uh, an incredible cast of musicians, all who are part of the performance itself, not just the performance of the music, but the choreography. Right. They're all performing, you know, via wireless mm-hmm. connection, so they're fully untethered and able to Freedom perform to these, yeah. you know, fantastic, um, you know, pieces of choreography uh, that have been, you know, dreamt up or whatever. Um, and I mean, yeah. So, you know, we get stuff from Talking Head seventy seven, Speaking in Tongues, Fear of Music. Uh, even I think Naked. There's a song from Naked on here. Yep. A song from Little Creatures. Again, the Gen- the Janelle Monet uh, cover on here. And um, so yeah. Uh, and again, spoken word in between it. But that's. Um, I mean, what? <laughs> where do we where do we well, start with so, this? So I, go, go ahead, ahead. no please you I, know last week we were talking about Ma Rainey and it, and I and I, I was, was and going I was there. trying to make and I was trying <laughs> exactly to make a case for 
I want there to be room in this world for films that sometimes capture theater mm-hmm. because yeah. maybe I can't make it to New York to see a good production of this. Maybe mm-hmm. I didn't get there when Denzel was on stage doing it, or you know, maybe you can't afford the tickets in the yeah, flights. and you know, and and this is your entree. I grasped at the. I was like, what? I'm trying to think, but Hamilton would be a great mm-hmm. example from this past mm-hmm. year, which we did not review, and we won't. Um, Probably not, but I think for what it was to give people the opportunity to see that piece done, it's a so for a phenomenon like that. And I put this film and honestly concert films in general, but certainly this concert film in in a very similar kind of category where it's kind of a yes, of course it would be better to see this live. Yeah, of course it would be better to see this live. However, if you can't see it live, this is a pretty darn good production. And it would be really great if you got to see it at all. And let's see it put together by somebody who has a good eye, Spike Lee, and is able to think of, you know, creative ways of sort of capturing it. There's some nice overhead shots that capture some of the choreography from an angle that nobody in the audience is ever going to get. Um, that, you know, nobody would get unless you artificially put a camera up there. Um and, and from that standpoint, I think this film deserves its place in what it is. I, you know, perversely enough, and I could say this probably about every film, but my only real regret in watching this when I did is that I don't get to see this in the theater and that I think with a bigger sound system and with an audience that was into the music, it would be that much more exciting to be seeing versus watching it at home where I was excited, but I was, you know. I, I agree with everything you just said, and uh-huh. it's almost as if you read my brain as I was preparing what I was going to say, because Hamilton is was a phenomenon. Mm-hmm. You've heard of Hamilton, even if you don't even like the theater, but Disney Plus released a video version of it, yeah, and they do as good a job you can as trying to put the representation of the actual stage musical on the screen. Right. And Hamilton's content is worthy of the praise, I'm going to say. Snapshot in that time period. I got to thinking about West Side Story coming up. I know it's a joke on the show, but (laughs) In the Heights. Yeah, fuck that movie. There has been theater presented on screen, Grease. I mean, for as long as I've been watching movies. And some of them are good, and some of them are great, and some of them are bad, as you would expect. Grease 2. Some people love not, that. Not, hold on, hold on. I'm not, just kidding, I'm just not, as a realist, though, for the conversation, Grease 2 is a theatrical sequel for the success of the film. Well, but a, Grease was an actual sequel, right? no, I know, I know. I was just yeah. play converted to. Listen, we don't fuck around about Grease on this show, Carlos, and you know that's I've never a seen better it, rule so for episode one. You know, <laughs> you've never seen Grease? Wow, it's the word. It's the word. All right. The, yeah. um, I won't either. <laughs> this this was great. I loved everything about it, um, with the regret that I wish I would have seen it on stage first. Um, however, I'm not bummed that I didn't see it in the theater because I believe that I will play this on TV in the background while I cook or clean or just watch it again. The music is great. Mm-hmm. The hits of the Talking Heads and David Byrne's work are fun. Um, but really here, I mean, the hero is, is David Byrne and his crew. His cast. Yeah. But the hero here is Spike Lee, weirdly. Weirdly. Mm. Because it is not a distraction, and I, I expected it to be. Spike Lee must have... I don't know the research. I didn't do any research There's on it. There's a dolly shot in it. He must have <laughs> follow, fallen in love with the content 
and just de- decided I want to put this on stage as clearly as I can for the yeah. audience who isn't in the theater. And because of the minimalist set and the power of the music and the power of his spoken word pieces between the music, this is just interesting 2020 Watch It Now social commentary. And I would I would suggest that everybody watch this movie because you're uh, uh, minimally you're going to be able to sing along with a couple of the songs and enjoy yourself. So I I don't know the exact story, but my understanding is that Lee and Byrne have known each other. I mean, you think about it, Byrne is a huge figure in mm-hmm. New York art by the time that uh, Lee is starting to make his first films, and so you can imagine they must have known each other, met each other when they were you know film festivals. Byrne was making right true stories. He made that back in like '87 mm-hmm. or whatever. So yeah. I mean. I I I think they knew each other, and my I I swear I heard somewhere, although I can't put my finger on it now, that Byrne had kind of said like, you know, would you want to do something? So I think it was, you know, a creative partnership that uh, that likely had its seeds sown long ago with with you know just these guys knowing each other and appreciating appreciating each other's work. You okay over there? But um. <laughs> Was I tripping on my words too yeah, much? A little bit. It's fine. All right, I'm enjoying it. <laughs> but Spike Lee's brand can be a distraction from his film sometimes, and here it just is not. Yeah. And no. It, no. It shows a no. level of, I think, direction. Yeah. That it's nice to see from him. Sure. Yeah. Absolutely. I uh, <clears throat> I did really enjoy um, the directing in this film because um, I was thinking about. I mean. I was profoundly moved by it. If for nothing else than just being like in awe of David Byrne as a creative person this far into his career, this far into his life, still doing important, interesting, captivating, creative work. Like he could have very well rested on his laurels by this point, you know, like there is nothing other than him and who he is propelling him to do things like this. He's done a greatest know? hits tour every year and made a ton of money. The fucking Eagles do it, yeah. you know? Right. Uh, granted, fuck the Eagles, and we love David Byrne, but, uh, and, and like, and just like listening to it and hearing all of the songs and being like, I'm such a fucking asshole for not owning any Talking Heads records. Like, what the <laughs> fuck am I doing, you know? Well, that and, is sad. And, is sad. Um, and stuff like that, and, uh, and the the set design and the lighting and the way it's all worked out, but and so I'm thinking the whole time I'm like, I'm like this is great. I would love to have seen it on stage, obviously. Um, and you know it's done very well, but especially I feel like I especially fucking harp on this a lot about if you're making a film utilize the mediums uh, <laughs> utilize Back the medium Rainey. of yeah, film yeah, yeah. you know what I mean make it cinematic yeah and I thought that this did that I mean not at every turn not mm-hmm. like over the top of like to where it diminishes the actual stage production yeah. of it but like the light coming away from David there's like you know yeah. that 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 scene where he's standing next to just like a light bulb and then it starts to be d- drag away from him and the camera is like dollied onto that and is like pulling away you know little touches little flares where it's like okay yeah this is we're making a movie we're making a movie yeah. we're 
adapting this for film yeah. that they do really well. And Without, I feel, touching the heart of what made the production so interesting. Yeah. A black box stage with nothing on it. Where, I mean, Burn is right there. Yeah, five feet the away audience. from like the front row. so yeah. close, yeah. you know? Uh, when you get those some of those overhead shots where you see this, the like from um, from the stage view looking out at the audience where you can still see some of the stage you're like whoa those people are fucking they could touch they could grab his ankle if they wanted yeah, to if sure, he's standing yeah. close enough at the edge like this is like they're in it you know yeah. and like how much he's able to do with such a minimal set design right. and so little yeah. um, all of the different uh, all of the different performers and how great all of them are yeah I was especially impressed with Bobby Wooten, the third, the bass player, <laughs> yeah. who I was very sad to find out is not no related relation. to Victor Wooten. No relation. No. Um, uh, him and this woman, uh, I think it's Jacqueline, uh, who was playing a lot of hand percussion and stuff, really loved her, mm-hmm. uh, loved the guitar player, Angie Swan. Um, I liked Carl Mansfield's, uh, he's the keyboard player, he has like this weird... Um, Haircut? Fuck you. <laughs> no, it's, uh, it's like he, I mean... A lot of them have this, but it's the most jarring for him because he has this like marching band snare right. drum harness, but then a synthesizer in front yeah. of him, which is so odd. And like, it just looks weird. The people that yeah. have drums and stuff, I'm like, okay, I'm used to that. I was in marching band. Right. Like I've, right. I've, I've play, I've played quads. I've played the bass drum. I've played snare drum. Uh, but then the, you have this guy playing keyboards and it's like kind of wacky. I don't know. Like it was like kind of <laughs> weird. Um, but but true, true to the spirit of the untethered notion. Yeah, yeah. but it's just, the whole thing is so fucking good. And yeah. if if I knew Kylie was if if I hadn't known that Kylie was ready to move on to something else after we finished this, I would have gone straight to stop making sense oh, and yeah. watch that. You know, like yeah. that's how like fucking jazzed I was about this. Oh. Where I was, and so you don't carry any veto power in there, huh? <laughs> uh, I mean, I do, but also, you know, you got to choose. You got to you gotta know it. when to I, hold it and know when to uh, fold it. Why? Well, I, 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 you know, I put her through this already. Uh, she wasn't as excited about watching this as I was. Oh, I'm sorry. Did y'all watch uh, it with the subtitles on? No, I, I did we, we did because I wanted to hear. I wanted to read every word, not not the spoken yeah. word, but the lyrics. Uh, okay, I, I I I watch most things with subtitles, but this one I did not. Um, but yeah, I listened to the Talking Heads almost the entirety of my morning. I have since bought two Talking Heads records because I was like, I don't have any. <laughs> I've been, uh, you've been, sold me Talking Heads I records. Wa- I walked into the. <laughs> well, I know that's the thing, and I I was even thinking about it. You sold me. I was <laughs> hypocrite. I was uh, I was even thinking well, I'm about just saying, it. You as, could have held on to those. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. So exactly, I was thinking about that earlier. Um, because you know there were a couple of, of shop regulars in in the store. Uh, I was listening to Talking Head seventy seven, um, which I was like streaming from my phone, and uh, someone made a joke like, "What kind of record store is this? You're playing it from a smartphone? I'm never shopping here again." <laughs> and I was like, "I don't own it." And I listened to that, and I listened to Fear of Music in its entirety. Did uh-huh. that happen? What a guy said, "I'm never coming here again." It was a friend. He's just making okay. a joke. Um, but then I had this like sealed copy of more songs about buildings and food out on the floor that like you know you'd really only buy if you were really into buying sealed things of sealed sealed copies of original pressings other than that like it doesn't do anything for anybody um you could buy a reissue of it for cheaper and it had been out for like a month nobody had bought it because it was like 35 bucks or something like that and i was like you know what i'm gonna keep this one you're and the then you're spe- the go ahead sorry. and then speaking in tongues is getting a reissue on friday um that i'm also keeping i did was, you look up the price of American Utopia on vinyl? 
no, yeah, I don't think that. Don't it's do a it lot. now. What, what, what? Guess, guess. You're the proprietor. What would that probably run? Do retail? you own that record? I don't. Um, uh, it's probably like twenty five. See, I, I think I'd like to order that, please. Okay, I'll go to hybridrecords.com tomorrow. And <laughs> but you up. do realize American Utopia, the album is different than American Utopia, the film. Now there yeah. is a Broadway. Oh, to inform. There me. is a Broadway That's recording. What I want. That's what I want. Oh, okay. So American Utopia, the album from 2018, oh, sure, yeah. is a 10 song album that he made uh-huh. in a studio with Brian Eno, mm-hmm. and. Uh, it's five of the songs make it onto this. Right. But then, as you know, right. many of the other ones are talking head songs. That's the American Utopia, like, and, tour. And there's a song uh, from his St. Vincent album on there. There's a Fat Boy Slim song on there. Yeah. There's a, yeah. yeah. No, I'm it's, looking for the soundtrack of the, of the movie or the Broadway right. show. This, but there is a version that's, yeah. like, the cast recording, I think, or, you know, there whatever. Yeah. I didn't know that that had come out. So, uh, so I don't know if it's been put on vinyl, it but has. I know it's been, okay. All right. So you've got voices that whose job it is to exhibit their voice because the things that they say have value. Essayists, um, columnists, uh, filmmakers. Mm -hmm. And here, I think the strength of the film, besides everything we've talked about, the cinematic interpretation, the, 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 the value of the music and the enjoyment of just watching good musicians play it. Mm -hmm. He does use his voice here. To very wryly, very, I think, effectively talk about some core social issues yeah. from voter turnout, mm-hmm. which is a big, you guys know, is a big thing I sure. like to mm-hmm. talk about and, and, and how it's not large enough. Right. Um, uh, and then I know, Carlos, I, I'm imagining that you're going to dive into the cover that you've talked about a couple of times that, that talks about some racial issues yeah. here and, and the opening soliloquy prior to it when he asked her if he could if he could use it in his show and she said yes that's not what he said he said how do you feel about a white man yeah my age covering, the song, covering yeah. your song and she said i think it's a great idea because my music is for everybody inclusion uh, this uh, song is for racial everybody. inclusion yeah uh, um cultural inclusion is right. a big theme of this and these are all messages that i align with yeah and if you don't align with them perhaps you wouldn't enjoy it as much as i right. did but to me, that's half of the reason to watch this is just yeah. because it's an interesting man mm. or team saying interesting things that are worth hearing right yeah. now. No, I, I think that's true. I think that I think that for the most part, yes, the vast majority of the audience here is going to be people who align with David Byrne in all those senses. Um, for me, the real line would be, do you like his music? Because if you like these songs enough, then you're you're going to enjoy this. But he's you're trying to say it. something larger than just a catalog of ten to twelve songs that we watch him no, perform. No, he is. I, I'm not saying that that isn't there from the title on down. But I, but I think that um, but I think that I think he delivers it in a way that is uh, digestible. Uh, yeah, it's digestible. I don't. I don't want to. I just don't feel like anybody's going to come away thinking like this guy was hitting me over the head. With, with this stuff you know what i mean i feel like the messaging in the spoken parts between songs was fairly measured and not in not in a way that it was like diluted or brought down but i think he was very artful and very deliberate about how he put it together um it, it doesn't come off like a didactic experience it's not like he's telling no, me how no, no, i need no. to live my life no 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 right. I, I hope i didn't no but i but just when we say like oh he talks about these issues it doesn't feel like that kind of experience to me it feels like a joyous 
uh, yes. you know, celebration oh, of this man's it's packaged vast catalog of music perfectly. and yeah. what he, you know, and I mean, I just love the the simultaneous stripping down of everything and taking the wires away and taking all the clutter off the stage and leaving this kind of blank canvas. You know, putting the, you know, as Carlos said, maybe with the one awkward exception of the keyboard that nobody should ever see mounted on somebody's drum harness or whatever, you know. It was funny. I, I get that. But other than that, it's like it's a very clean sort of thing. But then like layering it with how complex these songs are in themselves. And I love that one. And I, I what was the song where they built it up? Instrument by instrument, introducing the band yeah. one at a time. Yeah. I, don't, uh, I don't remember what that was. Song. That was just fun. That was great, and it, and it was a wonderful, like almost uh, educational experience. I think in, in a very positive way, where it's like, oh, you get to hear like all these different layers of the song as they kind of come together, and how it, each one in isolation feels very simple, but then you layer them all together, and you have this very complex kind of you know particular song that 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 comes yeah. out of it. So I don't. It just. I love David Byrne. I'm. I was gonna love this film no matter what, most likely. And and the fact that a guy in his, um, you know, in his trajectory has been able to put out what I think are probably gonna be. I mean, Stop Making Sense. We know is one of the most revered concert films ever. Mm-hmm. I feel like this one fits right there alongside it. I don't think it's gonna be like an also ran. Like, oh, by the way, he also did this film later on. I think this is gonna be a. He collaborated with Spike Lee to make another great concert film in his, whatever, 60s or whatever. You know, like, it's pretty amazing. Most people can't pull off one great concert film. And here this guy has done two that I think are probably going to top lists of greatest concert films mm-hmm. for many, many years to come. And made it such different times in his life. I mean, you sure. Said already, Carlos, the idea that decades later he's still just as relevant. And I think that this is a career turning for a... Uh, project for a guy that didn't need it yeah it's fascinating very 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 good going back to something that you said just maybe a final point here it does it it sort of uh kills me that even in the show the anecdote about you know when he was on the road with it is from san antonio right i could have been at that show why the i know i was thinking (laughs) that too two shows i saw him on it i saw him on his grown backwards tour and it was really great and i enjoyed it a lot and uh i i should have put him high on my list to see any tour he was going to be coming through with that would have been one that would have been great to see oh yeah. yeah i when when he said Oh, we were playing in San Antonio. We actually played two shows there. I was like, "What the fuck?" <laughs> you know. And and granted, like I said, like I don't own any Talking Heads records. I've sold a lot of Talking Heads records, and you know, it's not because like I didn't know who they were or like I hadn't ever heard any of the songs. Like I have probably listened to, um, the only one of their albums that I probably haven't listened to all the way through is Naked and maybe True Stories. Mm-hmm. All the rest of them I know for a fact that I've heard in their entirety. I just have never had, I've never owned them. Yeah. I guess I've never felt like, oh, I need. Well, I'm glad that the door has been these. open now. And, and, yep. and, and now. Carlos, go over to that embracing. other record store and buybuy him a couple of fucking albums. <laughs> well, now I fucking have to buy seven albums, you know? Uh, <laughs> well, I, I still need uh, Remain in Light, which is sad because that's probably my favorite. And I just. I've had it recently too, I feel. Really? I think it was a part of a fresh. I, saw, I saw True I Stories at Sine 6. 
here in town, wow. which is now a trampoline park. <laughs> oh, yeah, it is. Get uh, air. Wow. John Goodman. Okay, well, now let's talk about some farmhouse sale. Yeah. I thought it was pretty freaking good. I thought it was fantastic. Yeah. I thought it was... A, that. That is the farmhouse sale. That bottle is what I would introduce people to farmhouse sale with. It's not... Farmhouse Ale can be off-putting. This one is not. It's got enough characteristics of a nice, drinkable, enjoyable beverage to not put you off to that that twang that beer drinkers that have never had a Farmhouse Ale can go, what the hell is this supposed to be? Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, so on the nose, I was feeling like, oh, this is going to be a Jester King-like experience. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. That kind of complexity that comes out of that kind of farmhouse ale, which I'm mixed culture fermentation. It's it's very tasty, but it has some of those stranger. It's definitely got a sourness to it. Yeah. It's definitely got a funkiness to it. Uh, but honestly, overall, I find it very light and refreshing kind of uh, drinking experience, as with many Jester King beers. So, I mean, I'm I'm impressed with uh, with Casey, yeah. right? Casey, yeah, yeah Casey, yeah. Um, and, and and what they're doing here, and it's really exciting to get to taste their stuff. I have a feeling that they're a brewery that I'll be drinking more from in the future, and. Uh, and just continuing to enjoy because it, you don't just pull this off by accident. This is a beer that's very tough to execute, yeah, and that very few breweries are able to do. So the, them nailing a saison like this, I love it. Yeah, I it was my first experience with them, and I will tell you seek another. I'll tell you what if I ever see another, or if there's ever an opportunity where somebody is like, you know, oh, I'm going to be in Colorado. Where should I go? I'm going to be like, hey, if you're getting anywhere near whatever the town was, I'm not super familiar, uh, Glenwood Springs, then yeah. Go to Casey. Yeah, Colorado's got some great breweries. They do. Yeah. Yeah. David's attitude about Kajillionaire, did it make you like the movie a little bit more tonight, Carlos? Because it did for me, and I know that it would. (laughs) I think, uh, I mean, I think that it definitely kind of opened me up to seeing it a second time and I think what it really did was you know more appropriately set my expectations I I knew that we'd had two great films to talk about but my favorite part of this episode is the idea that it's it's easy to sit alone in your house and drink beers but the community aspect of craft beer and our our new friend Kyle who helped us get the first brown today mm-hmm. and harold and john yeah and john that helped us get the Johnny second Buda, yeah. or no um mike was the one that helped us yeah get. yeah and john last week john Johnny um, Buda was last week yeah and the idea the three of us can sit here communally and, and enjoy fantastic beers every single week the worst beer we've ever had is still a great experience when, that's right when we're in a room together enjoying beers so thank you to everyone that helped us drink beers tonight yeah definitely we we've been we've been killing it and the beer, and we've got one state left in the whole union. One state left. It's gonna happen. Come on, Wyoming. Yeah, we are. You know, we are in rarefied air as far as the beer that we drink. Some of us, aka not me, more no, than others. I'm sorry, but it's okay. Someday, um, you're young. Our, our, our pot of one learner. <laughs> all right. Okay. Uh, have you seen either of these films? Uh, are you a David Byrne fan? Are you? Are you deep into your Talking Heads journey, or are you just beginning like I am? Um, 
And have you had any beer from South Dakota or anything from Casey? Please let us know. You can find us on the interwebs, uh, all your favorite social media channels, Twitter at Beer Movie Show, Instagram at Beer and a Movie, Facebook.com slash Beer and a Movie TX, Beer and a Movie Podcast.com. You can find a link to listen to all of our past episodes absolutely for free. That's over 120 episodes in the back catalog uh and of course you know that there's about to be some more shenanigans going down uh, mm-hmm. as soon as we finish recording this and that recording will be featured as a bonus episode on our patreon you so gotta you find there. you gotta get on the patreon uh patreon.com slash beer in a movie podcast uh we you get a free episode a free extra episode bonus episode there every single week for only five dollars a month uh, you can donate less if you'd like and you just want to help us out, uh, but that won't get you the bonus content. And you can always uh, donate a little more than $5 a month if you really got it like that. Um, and you will definitely get a bonus episode every single week. And I got to say, I have been getting pretty good about posting them in a timely fashion. <laughs> uh, so, <laughs> unedited yay and me. Raw. Yeah. Fantastic. Yeah. Unedited, uncut, uncensored. Uh, just raw beer in a movie content. Um, but you got to pay for that uh, extra action. Uh, so this wraps up our actual episode. Until next time. We're on a road to nowhere. Yeah.